Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. All right, what's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining me this evening. Glad you're here and happy you're listening. Well, Bill Maher is back on. And if you've been listening to this show for any length of time, you know that I like to use Bill Maher from time to time because he has interesting guests. And he himself is, I think, an interesting person with interesting views on politics and just his worldview in general. I I don't agree with a lot of it, but every now and then I, I kind of agree with it. And so... He, what you'll look and what you'll notice about Bill Maher is he's very um, civil libertarian oriented. I mean, the guy's sixty or something, still smokes pot. I mean, he's a he's a hippie, so he's. It makes a lot of sense that he's a civil libertarian on a lot of things, even though he doesn't call himself that. But today, in this in these clips, he's he's got Mary Catherine Ham, who is a political strategist and journalist, kind of a center-right person. And then he's also got Sam Harris. Sam Harris is this guy who is is a smart guy, but he's, I don't know, COVID really screwed Sam Harris up. I mean, I think Sam Harris had views that made a lot more sense until COVID came along, and then he just... He totally lost his mind there, but um, he hosts a podcast called Making Sense, and I just thought there were there were two main themes in their conversation that I thought were really good, and I wanted to play a little bit from those two themes, and then just kind of interpret it for you and 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 let's talk about the right way to think about these, these two things, because you're really not hearing it from Sam Harris, Bill Maher, or Mary Catherine Ham. Although Mary Catherine Ham in, in, in the second one, I think brings up a good point. Uh, She kind of gets it right. And these guys, it's about Russia, the Russia hoax, Russia gate. And these guys, as smart as they are, they still just don't get it. I think it's really similar to the way Democrats in general think about the whole Donald Trump presidency and and the legitimacy or the lack of legitimacy of the the what the government did to Donald Trump and to Donald Trump's presidency. This is a little bit of a mystery to Democrats as to why why is the FBI the enemy? Why are the police the enemy in the in the eyes of Republican voters? And this is all, like I said, just a big mystery. So I'm going to jump into these clips and we're going to comment on them. But I, I just want to point out, there's these both of these people, even though one's on the right and one's on the left, they they both have blind spots uh, when it comes to Donald Trump. All three of them actually, and they don't they don't see what Republican voters are seeing. They just cannot wrap their head around the fact that Donald Trump can be 
president again, and this far ahead in the polls and so on and so forth. So let's jump into those clips and then uh, I'll break out from time to time and comment on the key points that I want to bring up. I think there's a difference. I think there's a difference in the the extreme political rhetoric that's being and behavior that's being tolerated in the two parties. I mean, so you go far enough left, you go far enough right, you you, you meet um, just unacceptable political intuitions and behavior. But the, the Republican Party has become a kind of personality cult, and I mean, we had a sitting president who would not commit to a peaceful transfer of power, and we didn't have one. And the party. Party loyalty at this point is predicated on not acknowledging how obscene and dangerous that was. And so you have someone like Liz Cheney or, or, or Mitt Romney who are just, just exiled as, as you know, blasphemers in their party. Um, and it's, uh, there's an asymmetry there. It's just that there's something, there's, an, there's an anti-democratic um, populist conspiracy-addled movement that has to be uh, disavowed before you can have a kind of symmetrical, okay, this is the stuff we disagree about. What kills me about people like Sam Harris is he's so aware of his thinking and yet so unaware of what he's saying. Um, He's essentially saying, look, you have to think a certain way uh, or you have to observe a certain way of thinking in order to engage in democracy. Now, just think about that. This is, this is from a, a group of people who say that everybody should vote. Okay. So how, how is, how is anybody that thinks on the level of Sam Harris, or at least the way he normally thinks when his, judgment is not completely obscured. How could someone like him think that you're not going to get some weird ideas from some voters? I mean, when, when everybody gets to vote, literally everybody gets to vote and people don't even understand anything about the government they live under. <laughs> and so I don't know. It's just, it's, it's just weird how he goes into this whole well, you know, we have to agree on certain things, but or there otherwise there's this asymmetry, and we, you know, we just can't, the government just can't work, you know. And it's like, dude, you're literally the democracy. The thing that you say is good is what is what generates this asymmetry. I mean, you got you got millions and millions of people that are struggling in this country because they perceive that people like you are lying to them. People like you are telling them, look, there's people on TV every day talking about Bidenomics and how great it's working. And, and then at the same time, scratching their head and wondering why the polls don't reflect that. I mean, these people are disconnected from, not just from reality, but from what they say they believe and in, 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 in the very sentence they say that, they, they contradict themselves on, on what they say should, should be the case in order to have the thing that they believe in. 
And it's 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 absurd. It's like it's like, no no no. If I if I disagree with you, if I think the FBI is corrupt, or if I think that J six was a protest that got out of hand, and not and not an insurrection, then you say that there's this asymmetry that exists, and we can't really talk about policy or anything until you agree with the way or I agree with the way you think, I mean, come on, democracy is democracy by its very definition means that everybody gets to weigh in on what they think is reality. And when, when huge numbers of people see the the press is lying to them on a daily basis, their government is lying to them on a daily basis, their government is influencing social media companies to control manufactured narratives, when they see all this, your response to that is, well, there's this asymmetry and, and, you know, we just, it's hard to talk about the things that really matter as long as this asymmetry exists. I mean, this is just bizarre language, bizarre abstractions and explanations out of a guy who's supposedly smart. People of the left often say, yes, there is this tremendous asymmetry, and I've been a critic forever of all of the things uh, that you have listed, probably to the detriment of my career, since I am a person of the center-right, right? Um, But on the other hand, there's a poll out last week that 75% of Democrats believe it's incumbent upon the government to censor hate speech. Hate speech, of course, is whatever they think is hateful, right? Mm -hmm. Perhaps that might become dangerous. Perhaps that might be seen as non-democratic there's other places that have been trying to pass laws where you would act it would actually be a crime to misgender someone so these things feel very threatening to me but i will still talk to people who fervently believe those things okay but but the percentage of democrats who believe that it should be a crime to misgender someone i mean that's got to be down around it ain't small it ain't that small no i mean i I think i mean the polling i'm aware of on this is that you have like an eight eight percent activist class on the left yeah you know talking about asymmetry you got polls out there that say 75% of Democrats want to censor speech or think it's the social media's company, social media company's job to monitor speech and decide what's true and what's not true. You know, Mark Zuckerberg himself was asked this years ago and the reporter said, "Well, don't you think it's don't you think it's important that Facebook decide where the line is, you know, for free speech. And Mark Zuckerberg actually said, no, I actually don't think that's something Facebook should be doing. He basically said, that's a, that's a a tremendous amount of power and we have free speech in America, but we, we have this victim type society that we live in where everybody's a victim, you know, people's feelings get hurt and you know misgendering can be a crime and 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 just ridiculous things like this and you know we've talked about speech uh and truth on this show a lot and it's 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 important that you have free speech because truth getting to the truth is a discovery process there is no body there is no one person, one agency, one group of people. There, there's nothing like that that can just know what the truth of anything is. 
people banter back and forth, you know, until, until the truth pops out. That's how the truth is, is expressed. That's how the truth comes about. And yet what we had during COVID, and I think they talk about this in a, in a minute, but you, you had this manufactured consensus. You had the government going around saying, this is true. This, this thing or this thing is true. And, and really what you had was, was more of what's a, a manufactured consensus. You've got a consensus that was cobbled together by people who are friendly with the government. And then all other opinions were just kicked to the curb. But yeah. the thing you're talking about, censoring speech, that is dangerous because, I mean, there was just a case, Missouri versus Biden. Yeah. Okay. And this was about COVID misinformation, but a lot of the misinformation turns out was coming from the other side. Yeah. But you couldn't say it. I mean, that's what this case was about. Big tech was basically colluding with the government to suppress any speech. This was brought by two very esteemed doctors, who, and they had a, a, a letter that I think was signed by 16,000 doctors and researchers who said, we are dissenting from what we think is the right way to handle this pandemic. That's what you're talking about. That's what's dangerous, I think, from the Democrats, is that a lot of them believe that social media's job is to suppress it. And, and, and these are the people who used to be so skeptical of corporate America and the pharmaceutical industry. And now they want the government just to shut down anybody who doesn't agree with? Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think there's a bright line here because you're, we have a public health emergency that we're trying to understand. And you have a consensus of a sort forming over here. And you have outlier voices that are getting preferentially amplified by an algorithm that does This is not just a level playing field where you get to say your piece, I get to say mine. We have a business model that is amplifying divisive lies and misinformation preferentially, right? And it is so, so you have a lie that spreads like wildfire, and then you have a patient debunking of that that doesn't spread because it doesn't provoke the same Except the patient outrage. debunking had to be done of the government and of many public it, health no, officials. The, the these, are yeah. these are so, truths that were formerly known as conspiracies. I mean, and the it, fact is I think Bill Maher did a great job of laying out the risk of censoring free speech. And this guy, Sam Harris, I, I just, I tell you, and I didn't follow him very closely, but it seems like COVID wrecked this guy's brain. Okay, that's what it seems like to me. So he goes on after that great explanation that Bill Maher had about this case in Missouri, Missouri versus Biden, and how the government was colluding with social media companies to make everybody look like they were conspiracy theorists. <laughs> you got this guy, Sam Harris, who says, well, unfortunately, you know, there just wasn't a bright line. We well, you know, look, the truth until discovered often is fuzzy and we don't know exactly what it is. And it doesn't always present itself as a bright line, but you know, he's, he goes on to talk about, we had a public health emergency and, he goes on to explain how social media companies' algorithms elevate certain things. And, and then, you know, as, because they were false, you know, they spread halfway around the world before somebody can come out and say it's not true. And, you know, this is just, this is garbage. There's nothing that anybody can say or any one million people can say if you have a public health emergency and people are dying, and people can figure that out. They know how to figure that out. 
and take care of themselves. But you got this guy who just, I, I don't know what's wrong with this guy, why he's still trying to justify the way he was thinking. This, this just, just goes to show you that when you're wrong, some people anyway, when they're wrong, they cannot let go of it. They cannot say, you know, I was wrong about that. I just was wrong about that. And, I, you know, I, I, I spoke about this months and months and months ago. I speculated as to what, what are people like Sam Harris going to do when people start dying in large numbers or great numbers of people are handicapped or whatever, disabled in some way. And, you know, I guess we more or less have our answer now. He's just going to double down. He's going to talk about how it wasn't a very bright line. And uh, we had a public health emergency and we were trying to figure out what was going on. And these people that were spouting their opinions, they were just getting in the way. You know, we can't have that in a democracy. I mean, that's, that's essentially what he's saying. And he feels completely justified in saying it. Like we don't have a First Amendment that preserves our right to free speech. He's just overlooking that. But democracy is a great thing. Yeah, I mean, the problem is that experts were wrong. And when you talk about an uneven playing field, when the government comes to your social media company and is like, oh, it's a nice thing you got going here, but it's mm. a shame if we uh, but you're right. regulate it. But I it. do think you're right about Trump being the biggest threat and the, and the, and the threat to democracy. I, nothing is li- Nothing compares to that. Not only were the experts wrong, okay, the, the, the government officials, the public health group or whatever you want to call them, the CDC, the uh, Health and Human Services, all these people, not only were they wrong, but they were operating in lockstep. There was no independent thinking across these agencies. Not only that, but you had the, the media class perfectly parroting what the government was saying. So for someone like Sam Harris to just complain about social media posts and the business model is one that amplifies lies. No, no, no. It doesn't amplify lies. That's not what it does. It amplifies retweets. So if if there's a tweet or a post now in, in X that rings true to people, okay, or they they quickly do some research and then retweet it. That that is that is that's like democracy, okay? That's that's people saying, yeah, the government's full of shit, and this is what's actually happening. I mean, that that's what that's what's in people's heads. I don't I don't understand how they how they have this disconnect between what people are tweeting and what people are thinking. People don't retweet things if they don't think it's true. Now, that means sometimes they retweet things that are not true. But those are quickly knocked down. It's the ones that, where a lot of people believe they're true, those are the ones that get amplified. So isn't that, that's a good thing, I think. I mean, I don't, I don't see how he thinks that's a bad thing. But you can see where Bill Maher, he, he feels like this is going in the wrong direction. So he says, yeah, but the, but the unique evil is Trump. You know, he pulls that back into the conversation. 
All right, I'm going to switch gears and, and switch over to corruption. They're going to bring up Bob Menendez, who I'm sure you've heard of now, is being looked at by the FBI, and people are calling for him to step down and so on and so forth. And the point of this next segment is uh, Bill Maher brings it up. He's like, it's just this weird thing where the Democrats are wanting Menendez to step down, but the Republicans are wanting him to stay in office. And 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 the FBI is the enemy, which is weird because the FBI used to be the good guys. And he's just trying to understand this whole, this whole conundrum. I think this really leads to an interesting conversation. It's really hard to believe we're in this situation. But I mean, you mentioned Menendez. I thought it was so interesting in this upside down world we live in where law enforcement now are the bad guys. Mm. The FBI is now the bad guys. So Robert Menendez, who, obvious crook. I mean, everything but actually having his hand in a real cookie jar. Right. <laughs> Only the Democrats want him to step down. Not a single Republican is asking him to go. Mm. Because again, in upside down world, when law and order comes after you, they're the ones who are suspect. Yeah, well, and it's all driven by partisan desires, right? Democrats are like, yeah, get rid of this guy because he's now weakened and we have a Democratic governor and so we could replace him. Uh, Republicans are like, yeah, you don't need to get rid of him because he's weakened now and also uh, we need to uh, maintain the standard where indicted people are perfectly fine to run for office, right? right. So that's, that's the two sides thinking on this, but I... Well, you know, Mary Catherine Hamm is the political strategist journalist in this deal, so maybe she's right, but I think she's definitely right about the Democrat explanation. You know, they have a governor in New Jersey who's a Democrat, so they feel like they're going to get, yeah, we can get Bob out of here and get all this negative publicity away from the news cycle, and... And we're safe because the governor in New Jersey will appoint somebody we like. I, I think that's exactly the calculus on this. So I, I don't know about the Republican side. I think I think what's happening on the Republican side is is Republicans are suspicious of the FBI and law enforcement. They don't. They're not quick to jump to a point of view that says, oh, if somebody's being investigated by the FBI, they're most likely guilty. I think they're, they're, kind of, they're kind of past that. That seems kind of naive in the Republican Party after all the stuff that happened to Trump. I think that's, that's really the point she's trying to make. The original sin where you talk about law enforcement problems um, and Republican attitudes toward law enforcement, particularly of the FBI on this stuff, the original sin from both media and the intelligence agencies and, and, uh, and federal law enforcement, is the Russiagate stuff. And the reason that so many in the party, and I'm here as the translator because I'm not one of them, but so many in the party accept so much of Donald Trump's behavior is because the Russia stuff was a lie and nobody paid for it. No, it wasn't. Well, it wasn't all a lie. It yes, was it's not the, all a lie. You guys have it, been ripped. No, are you, are you no, going to do steel uh, dossier on me? No, no, no. no. That, that, well, that some of the steel lie. dossier was true. For whatever reason, Democrats cannot see the injustice that took place against Donald Trump. They can't see it. All they see is this hatred for Donald Trump. That, that's it. I mean, they, they see... They, they can't even see the Steele dossier as a total fabrication 
a, a political oppo piece, which it clearly was and has been proven to be. I mean, it's, it's not even up for discussion. I mean, Bill Maher's trying to say, oh, no, there were some things in the, in the Steele dossier that were true. Like, like, he doesn't say what it is, but it's probably some obscure thing that nobody even really argues about or anything, right? But certainly there were no hookers peeing on Trump, and there was, there was, there was a bunch of crap in there that was just all made up. It was all made up. And, you know, these Democrat types like Bill Maher and Sam Harris, they just cannot, they cannot see the complete evil that took place during Trump's term. That the FBI literally broke dozens and dozens of laws to forward this this Russia hoax narrative, this collusion narrative, and then used all of that to sick a special prosecutor on him. I mean, and and stole three years of his presidency away from him, just completely sidelined him. And and a lot of Republicans feel like they were were gypped out of their president. And these guys just can't see it. All they can see is that oh no, there were some things and they were true. What about Don Jr. and the and the and the uh, you know the meeting with the Russian person? Well, look, there's that's well documented. That's well documented. This was about adoption. She said she had dirt on Hillary Clinton. He got there, and it was a, just a big discussion about adopting Russians or something in America. He was like, "What's this all about?" And then left. That was nothing. It was nothing. And these people just keep saying it as if it's true in the hopes that maybe it will come true. I don't know. Okay, you know, this... Like, we, this, we did Mueller report for three years. Yes, and, and Mueller never time, said he was innocent. And the whole time, I'm like, guys, I don't think he's a Russian plant. And everyone on CNN said is looking he, at me like I'm crazy. And at the end, we get to not much there there which no, was there the was quite a bit there. there was a lot there was there. a lot there yeah. it was collusion we never had before it was unprecedented that a president would do that he just did it in public because yeah. he's insane you do know he's, he, no I, he's, I do think i think one of the advantages of being insane and most of it probably none of it was illegal right so i mean this was always david frum's line everything he's doing is in plain view and it's not illegal. He's just violating every political norm we have. Except there there were things that were illegal, like using the FISA court to spy on American citizens in ways that they should not have done. That 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 was legal, but that wasn't him. That's right. And the fact that the Hillary Clinton campaign was partially responsible for funding this dossier, which partially came from, oh, wait for it, Russian disinformation. It was a... And it started this cycle of media circle jerk, and then we had four years of that. Again, the way these people think is so screwed up. Uh, they're so their their judgment is so clouded with evil Donald Trump, evil the evil genius of Donald Trump, that they don't even realize what they're saying. He, he you know, he brings up uh, Sam Harris brings up David Frum, who says, well, he he didn't really do anything illegal. He's just violating all these political norms in in plain sight. Well, guess what? That's not illegal. You know, doing something unorthodox, according to you, 
is not illegal. Okay. And the Mueller report w- wasn't charged with determining whether Donald Trump was innocent or guilty. So, you know, to say that the Mueller report never said that Donald Trump was innocent, well, that's not what the Mueller report was supposed to do. It was supposed to determine whether or not there should be an indictment. And it said there was no indictment. Now, once there's an indictment, then you have a trial. And then after the trial, there's a verdict. And the verdict is either innocent or guilty or not guilty or guilty. And this is just a fundamental, again, these people understand these things. They say them anyway because their judgment is clouded with pictures of Donald Trump in their head dressed up like the the devil. (laughs) And so they get confused. But Mary Catherine Hamm is absolutely right on this. Um, They essentially, because he broke all these norms, they decided to not only break norms to bring Donald Trump to heel by the government, but they decided to use the law against Donald Trump too. And that is evil. Talk about evil genius. That's really evil. It's not exactly everything they said it was, but it's not nothing. The standard of evidence used for the Russia thing for three, four years versus the standard of evidence used now in media for Biden and Hunter Biden's shenanigans Mm. and fairly obvious influence peddling is worlds apart. Worlds apart. And I would just like to... And voters deserve fairness in how these two people are treated. They do not get it, and they sometimes don't get it from law enforcement. So finally, there at the end, Mary Catherine Hamm explains the psyche of the Republican voter. And it's perfectly rational. There's nothing irrational about thinking like that. They see what happened to Donald Trump over essentially nothing. They see the Biden family, all of them, are just wealthier than wealthy for quote-unquote public servant. And, and Hunter Biden is a complete imbecile, and the guy makes millions of dollars. I mean, what what gives, right? What's going on there? And to say that there's no there there or you know this kind of thing, or to say that uh, to say that Donald Trump is evil genius. Look at all these indictments, and then turn and look at Biden. Not I'm I'm not even talking about Hunter Biden. I'm talking about Joe Biden. To look at Joe Biden in his political history, and say, oh, he's never done anything wrong? I mean, what are you talking about? Well, I mean, look, you can then understand where the Republican voter is just fed up, fed up with the FBI, fed up with law enforcement in general, fed up with government institutions that do nothing but lie to them, um, steal their elections. I mean, this is, this is completely out of hand. And to hold Mitt Romney and uh, Liz Cheney up is, is somehow, I don't know, I'm not sure what Sam Harris's point was in talking about how they have been ostracized in the, in the Republican Party. They should be. They're not Republicans. They're rhinos at best. But they're saying that the Republican Party itself is 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 you know corrupt or is crazy or 
the voters are crazy. Well, this is how parties change. This is how parties go away and new parties are created and things like that. This has happened multiple times in history. When the party gets out of hand or it, it becomes self-serving and doesn't, doesn't stand by or support the people it purports to, uh, to uh, represent, then the people get pissed and they kick the party out. The, the way they're doing it this time is they're, they're voting for Donald Trump while half the party sits there and goes, Donald Trump is an idiot and Donald Trump is this and we hate Donald Trump and he's evil and all this kind of crap. Well, guess what? They're going to get moved right off of the political stage eventually because there is a critical mass of people in this country that have had it with the government and these institutions and they want to see it change. And if they had to put Donald Trump in there and drive the entire world crazy to get it to change, then that's what's going to happen. All right, look, that's, a bit, that's about it for this evening. Thanks for coming in. Always appreciate you coming in and listening. I uh, hope you'll come back uh, tomorrow. And if you do, I'll do it all over again. Peace.